Hey, everybody, welcome to Ultimate Insider Bear Insiders Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Hall of Fame quarterback and radio color analyst for the Bears. Today, we are talking ducks on the road at Autzen Stadium. And after looking at film, I wish I had better news for you. <laughs> this Oregon team is really, really good. They are uh, number six in the country by the CFP rankings to start this week. And deservedly so. The only one lost team in that top six. So, a very good football team. Had a really close game against Washington. Uh, just came out on the losing end of it. A couple coaching decisions played into it that may have put them in position for that loss. But they had the game up until the end. And Michael Penix, Roma Doomsday pulled their magic uh, out of the hat. And so, that was a close game. It was a tough game. It was... Uh, one of the most violent college football games that I have seen in the last several years. They were hitting. They were absolutely physical, flying around the field, uh, tough to watch. And then they just continued that against Utah last week, uh, 33-6 win there. So they're on a roll. They have something to prove. They feel like they are behind the eight ball because of that loss to Washington and they are a very, very good football team. Off the top, let's talk about a couple things, several stats about this Washington team. First off, uh, the rushing offense, ninth in the country. You're going to notice, by the way, all these offensive stats, top 10. Passing offense, 316 yards per game, 10th in the country. By the way, they're rushing for 215. So total offense, 531, number two in the country. Scoring offense, big number. 45.5 a game. They are third in the country at scoring right now. So you get a team that have those kind of offensive numbers, you're like, wow, that's pretty good. They're going to be pretty good. Now let's flip that. By the way, before we go there, uh, they've only allowed four sacks this year on Bo Nix. They're number two in the country in that regard. And they only have two offensive turnovers. That's ridiculous. Two offensive turnovers to this point in the season. They are protecting the ball. They are protecting the quarterback, which brings you to those offensive numbers where they are rushing the ball so well. They are passing the ball so well. Quarterback Bo Nix, 21 touchdowns to one interception on the season, and he's throwing for 78.3% uh, in terms of completion percentage. It's, it's crazy what they're doing on offense right now against some really good football teams, too. Utah's very good on defense. Washington's very good on defense. They were able to run the ball against Washington. And so they're getting it done on the offensive side of the football. They are very good. They are very impressive. Uh, by the way, number one in terms of yards per rush at 6.62 in the country. So it's a tough offense to stop. Bears defense has not been at the top of their game recently. They are in for a test this week. Now let's flip it. Defensively, they're not quite as highly ranked, but they're 12th in total rushing defense, 95.6 yards a game. They are 11th in scoring defense, and they are 16th in total defense. So pretty damn good. Usually you'll have a disparity. One side's really high, one side's, you know, a little lower kind of, they, they don't have the impetus on one. Remember, Dan Lanning is a defensive guy as a head coach. And so the defense, just a little bit behind the offense. But I think 
the opportunities that the offense gets, the efficiency with which they run the ball is outstanding. And so this this is a tough team to go up against, especially on their home turf. Uh, there's going to be some inclement weather, according to weather reports. It's supposed to be lightning storms potentially up there while the Ducks are up there for the game uh, later on building in the afternoon, which 2.30 game time puts you right in the heart of that. So it, it is... Uh, it, it is a tough place to go place to go play. You got to rally the troops to go in there and play, not be intimidated. Ducks are good for sure, but you can't ever be intimidated in a college game. Everybody's getting scholarship check. And so you got to go out there and take care of business, uh, take care of the football, especially in the rain. Now to that regard, you can check out my Facebook post. I'm about to put it up there. Uh, Fernando Mendoza all week long was getting water squirted on his hands on the football, working the wet ball drill. And he's got big hands to begin with. So, uh, I think he's going to be fine in terms of the wet ball up there, but it will play a factor in the game no matter how much you try as a quarterback. The wet ball does affect your throwing motion. Uh, you're not quite as accurate. You can't spin it quite as tight, but it affects both quarterbacks the same way. Fernando practiced with it all week. He should be used to it by now. I'll tell you the trick as a quarterback is instead of trying to tighten your grip on the ball and squeezing it, you relax your grip. Let the ball sit in your hand more and spin it coming off. You leave your hand laying back more before you finish. So uh, I talked to Fernando about that the other day. Talked to him about voice inflection up at at Autzen, how to uh, get under the crowd. And so he he took that in. He is a good young quarterback. He is always looking to improve. He is always looking for a nugget anywhere he can find it. Uh, To that end, he reminds me of the All Blacks down in New Zealand. I have a story about them and Mike Leach, but I'll tell that later on but they are always looking to learn everywhere they go. So uh, Fernando very much in the same vein as a quarterback. Uh, And I've enjoyed watching him play. So this could be a biggest test so far for him. And he's played some good ones, Oregon State, Utah, um, USC, and now Oregon. That is a meat grinder for quarterbacks coming in. But he has looked pretty good out there. He's made some young guy mistakes, but he just keeps getting better all the time. So I think he's doing a hell of a job out there as a quarterback. Now, scheme-wise, Oregon, offensively, they run that power running game. We talked about 215 yards per game on the ground. They have a running back in Bucky Irvin, in Irving, excuse me, who is phenomenal. If Cal fans, you are familiar with Isaiah Fonsi, uh, who I think is a really good running back as well, uh, you take Isaiah and you add... Uh, or reduce a couple tenths in the 40. Bucky Irving is that guy. Great balance, great power, uh, and excellent speed. The first guy almost never brings him down. He can make you miss in the open field. And like Ifonsi, that's the same guy there. Um, But I think Bucky Irving just has an extra step or two in the top end uh, in the open field. And so he has the speed to add to it. He's a transfer from Minnesota. Not huge, 5'10", 195, but powerful incredible balance, fun to watch. He catches the ball out of the backfield. So he ranks in the top of the receivers and uh, obviously as a top rusher. Their backup, James, is also very good. Powerful back, uh, not huge, much like a lot of the Oregon backs. Uh, Not huge, but strong, great balance, can stick their foot in the ground, get north and south. And so it's a one-two punch. It's formidable out there. Those guys are very good at that position. The reason for that is in part their offensive line 
is dominating. You put on the film and you watch those big boys just move people around. They are physical. They have a mentality about them. They have toughness. Uh, their technique is pretty good. Um, and they just get after teams. And so they'll run counter schemes at you with the GT. They'll run zone schemes at you. They'll run duo at you. They run kind of a power schemes, you know, as well. They do things that uh, all the other air raid style teams are doing, but physically up front, they are tough. And so uh, really impressive group to watch as a quarterback. I would love to play behind that offensive line. I think they're very good. I think a lot of those guys are Sunday players as well. So, you know, I tell you all the time, games are won and lost and, and the mentality and culture on a team starts up front on the offensive line. This Oregon team has a great culture by virtue of this offensive line they're very good Bo Nix we talked about him he is the poster boy for Oregon right now they're trying to get him a Heisman Trophy winner his numbers I told you earlier 78% passing his passer rating is number four in the country he's incredibly efficient 21 touchdowns uh, only one interception he doesn't do dumb things with the ball he it seems like he's been playing for 15 years in college football now but he, so he has the experience and the reps to have been through a lot of the pressure playing situations before. And as a result, he plays very well in pressure situations and every down. He doesn't let down. And that's a big thing for a quarterback in that he can keep that pace. He keeps that tempo, that confidence up. And uh, there's a reason he's a poster child. A, they have Phil Knight and Nike behind them. But B, he is playing incredibly well and deserves a lot of that uh, PR from Oregon. Now that said, in the matchup between he and Michael Penix, Oregon was trying to do it more on the ground. Michael Penix with his arm, uh, but Michael Penix has more targets out there. Roma Dunze was unbelievable in that game. Jalen Polk was unbelievable in that game. Both very good, making huge plays. Speaking of which, receivers for Oregon, uh, Troy Franklin is the guy that you're going to see most of. He is a good football player, number 11. He is fast. He has good hands. He gets open. He's the top target for the Ducks this year. Uh, another guy that you're going to see is Tez Johnson, and this is Bo Nix's adopted brother. Uh, his family adopted Johnson when they were in high school together, and they are uh, they seem to have a lot of chemistry as well. Again, Bucky Irving is going to catch passes, screen passes out of the backfield, checkdowns, all of those things as well. And so there's there's a number of targets that uh, Bo Nix can go for. Also, Justin Herbert's younger brother, Peter Herbert, is out there as well. So offense, tough to stop. They are physical, fast, tough. They run the ball, all those things that give D coordinators nightmares. And so it's a tough one for Cal's defense this week. Now let's turn it over. Let's look at Oregon's defense and what the Bears have to contend with. So when I go through and make my game cards, my game sheets that I use for calling plays, you can't possibly remember every stat and everything. So I make you know game cards or game boards. So they look like this. Um, and usually on defense, I'll have two or three. Maybe on really good teams, I'll have four guys highlighted. As I go through this Oregon roster... I've got like seven or eight guys out of 11 highlighted because they're all really, really good football players uh, that can do some damage out there on defense. And so 
One thing as an offensive coach, as a quarterback, that I've always looked for when I turn on film is in coverage, who is the fish? Who are you going to go after? Who are you going to attack with the football? If you need a play, who are you going to try to get when you get into man coverage? And as you look at this Oregon film, they don't really have a fish. There's no guy that you're like, we can beat him when we need to. And we're going to go after him, make him pull his scholarship check. That, that <laughs> They don't have it. Like, they've got dudes across the board. Um, I, I'll talk to Coach Wilcox in just a little bit. But we talked about, you know, the recruiting this week. And then I said, you know, as, as good a recruiter as Tosh Lupoy is, former Cal Bear D coordinator up there, um, he's not nearly as good as Benjamin Franklin because those $100 bills coming into guys for the NIL is huge. And Phil Knight, Nike, marketing machine, they're putting a lot of money into their football players now. And it's legal. And so you can bitch all you want, but that's the state of the game. And so um, quite honestly, as an ex-player, it's needed to happen for a long, long time. The hours that that uh, guys put in, and, and I, I'm not hearing the conversation about, oh, you get the scholarship. Uh, when I played, we made about 68 cents on the dollar, if you or excuse me, for, on the hour, if you broke it down for the scholarship check. So I'm not hearing it when you want to tell me that. Uh, if we want to step up, we need to do something in the NIL game to make sure that we're getting players because it's a recruiting battle. Football, college football has always been a recruiting battle. And so, yes, there will be players that want the education, but players will want the dollar bills more. And so that's what you're going to need going forward is that NIL. Oregon's got it, and it shows up on their defense. Uh, on the outside, Jordan Birch came out from South Carolina. Phenomenal football player. He is a defensive end. He is 6'4", 290. Defensive ends in the Pac-12 generally go about 240, maybe 250. And, you know, Washington's got a dude in Trice who's 270. Birch goes 290, which means that he can not just rush the passer from out there because he's fast and athletic and all those things, but he can also be physical enough to do what's called a two-gap. He can knock back a tackle, hold him, and then he can play B-gap and C-gap at the same time. So he, he can play two gaps because of his strength, size, and then speed. The tackles have to be wary of him getting around the edge as well. Uh, good football play for, for them outside. On the other side, you've got Brandon Dorless, another dude who comes in 6'3", 290. Physical, tough. Uh, they list him as a defensive end slash outside linebacker because when he's in the even front, he'll be a defensive end. When they're in an odd front, he'll be an outside linebacker. But he still lines up, and he's the edge guy. And so good, physical, tough. Um, guy on the outside, just like Birch, just huge defensive ends that can do more than just get after the passer. They're not a guy that you can say, oh, yeah, we're just going to block him and then move the ball because they will literally stack up the hole for you. At uh, linebacker, Jeffrey Bossa converted safety, good team leader, physical, great communicator out there. You can see him on film communicating, getting checks across being the guy who is the go-between between coaches and players in the field. And so he flies around as an ex-safety. Uh, he weighs 230 now, but he flies around that linebacker position. A, a good football player, you see him all over the field. Evan Williams, who is a transfer from Fresno State, uh, is very physical, very fast, zero hesitation. I think he's going to be a Sunday player. Uh, he's a senior they list him as a strong safety. He's a leading tackler on that defense. 
to me, he really jumps off a film because he's got that fearlessness that he just goes and he will strike you. He's violent. Uh, he is exactly what you're looking for in a strong safety. So I think he's a really, really good football player. At the corner position, uh, you have Jahil Florence, number six, who is 6'1", 193, so a big physical football player. Um, he's a tough matchup for any receiver because he has size, but he also has speed. He can run. He's a smooth athlete. He's very good. The one guy who potentially, uh, you know, he gets out of position because of his feet, but athletically he's incredibly talented, is Kyrie Jackson, the other corner. He, he will jump to try to cut you off with his feet, so he'll be out of position. So there will be slight gaps, small, quick gaps uh, for the football. I believe he may have been the guy that actually got beat on that Washington touchdown to win the game. Uh, but again, he was in perfect phase in terms of coverage. He was right there on Roma Dunze's hip, and Michael Penix had to throw the perfect back shoulder ball uh, to get the catch. And so that's that's what you got. You have to be able to run the ball. You have to be physical. And remember, this defense goes up against that type of offensive line all the time, or at least they did in the spring. They, they know physicality. They understand it. And so there's a mindset there about being tough, being physical up front. I think Dan Lanning is the head coach. Tosh Lupoy bring toughness to that team as well, right? Both defensive guys. So I think they do some things defensively uh, that are – that bring that that lend themselves to that mentality. They will bring a lot of pressures where they will get five guys in the rush. So you've got to win your one-on-one matchups. And if you don't win your one-on-one matchups, you're done for because they're athletic. They bring corner blitz. They'll bring safety blitz. They'll bring backers. Things that you have to figure out how to pick up. They also pick with their tackles, meaning they will grab and pull a guy out of a hole while a backer comes through and hits another gap. So it's like a like two guys hitting the same gap, but the, the guard, or the, excuse me, the D tackle is keeping the guard from getting the block. And so that is uh, tough duty as an offensive lineman as well. Yeah, good. It's a, it's a tough match, like I said. They play mainly cover one. Uh, they'll play a little bit of zero, which means no safety help, bringing pressure, getting after you, especially on the goal line, short yardage stuff, where they want to get all the bodies in for short yardage. Uh, and then they'll play a lot of cover one because defensive teams like this generally play cover one with some pressures off of cover one to get that five-man go. Uh, cover one being man across the board with a free safety deep over the top for help. They'll play a little bit of cover two, not a ton, just a little bit. Uh, and a lot of cover three and three match and one are very similar in terms of concepts. Three is supposed to get you into the run game more. And so it gives you better run support than pure one, but three match turns into one at a certain point. And so very similar in terms of concepts out there. They'll, they'll look a, uh, a lot alike to a novice, but they play both of those. So they're staying conceptually pretty clean in terms of what they're doing. Play a little bit of four, a lot of four. So um, four also a great run supporting defense in that you can roll safeties down. You can get an extra overhang player with reaction. You could help cover RPOs. Uh, so a good defense, college teams across the country playing it all the time now, NFL teams playing it all the time now. And a few four variants, cover six, uh, six Ember, Robert. You know, all the little fun junk that you play every now and then uh, to kind of give teams def- different defensive looks. So in three, they are susceptible a little bit to the pass game. You got to catch them in three, and they play three a bunch. And so 
the key there, protect your quarterback. Make sure that he stays upright and clean so he can get the ball out. But overall, a tough test this week against a very good football team. This Oregon team uh, is good, and Coach Wilcox knows firsthand about how good they are. Uh, He played up there, obviously family tradition up there from the area, and he's watched a ton of films. Let's talk to Coach right now. This week, you guys have a serious opponent at their place, University of Oregon, and obviously you're really familiar with Oregon, but this team is pretty damn good up front. Uh, Offensively, defensively, really good quarterback, great running backs. There's a high-skill team. Talk about the task ahead of you this week. Yeah, they've done a great job of assembling uh, incredibly talented roster there. Um, they got good schemes, as you mentioned. Um, you know, I probably the most talented overall roster that we've seen. Uh, you know, offensively, the quarterback's playing at a very high level. The running back's an elite player. The receiver, the tight end, the O-line is really big. Um, defensively, they play 10 to 12 guys, and they got draft picks in there in that front, you know, but – I think they 10 to 12 guys that they rotate through there on the defensive front. Uh, and we're just talking about D linemen and edge players, not even inside linebackers. They're just big, big guys. Their edges are really big. I mean, I, you know, they play with guys that are 270, 285, 290 on the edge compared to a lot of teams that are, you know, 230, 240, maybe 250. Um, uh, corner, they have an elite corner. They got a really good nickel. Which means these, which means these edge guys, a, are they're hard to block because they're edge guys, but they can also hold and set the edge too, right? They're physical enough to kind of go up against the tackle and stand firm, as opposed to a two forty guy who you can kick with a tight end or you can do other things with. Yeah, there's more uh, two gapping going on. You know, yeah. the they'll the guy that's if it's a single block, uh, you know, people have a hard time single blocking them uh, for the whole game. That that doesn't really show up. So uh, they're able to create number advantages just with the people they have up front. Um, so, uh, yeah, real talented team. And we'll need to go up and obviously you're going to deal with uh, noise, potentially some weather, and uh, some really good players. So we'll have to compete at a very high level. We're going to have to play very efficiently. Um, you know, obviously the, the speed of the game and all that is going to be uh, significant. So we got to be, you know, really, really tight with all of our uh, fundamentals with our execution and staying on schedule on offense, tackling, limiting explosive plays, and then the ball, you know, taking care of the football on offense and finding a way to take it away on defense and special teams. Yeah. And you talk about them assembling a great team and this is no knock to Oregon. They have the money behind it. The NIL game right now is the number one recruiting thing, period. If you, if you have the NIL money, you have recruiting. And so these teams that are assembling great teams are the teams that have uh, stepped up in the NIL game. Not on you. I'm just making a commentary here. <laughs> you know, that that's where Bears fans, if you're out there and you want to step up your game and you want to like play at this level and, and assemble that type of team, NIL is the way to do it. I know you love your team. There's no knock on the guys that are here now, but NIL is the way that you recruit nowadays. They have Tosh Lupoy, who was a great recruiter in the day, but Tosh doesn't compare to, you know, uh, Benjamin Franklin and all the other dollar bills that are out there. So it's uh, that's where it's at these days in terms of recruiting. Talk about Bo Nix and what you see in him as a quarterback, what he's doing. The thing that strikes me, A, his completion percentage is ridiculous. It's like he's throwing routes versus air. But B, 55 starts. That is a lot of reps to get better with. Yeah, very efficient. Seventy Over 78% completion. I think he's only thrown one interception. Yeah. He only has been sacked, I mean, 
they leave the country and sacks allowed, meaning they don't they don't get sacked. And that's O line. It's also I've got a stat, as you know. Two sacks. Two. Two hundred and eighty four passes, two sacks, twenty six quarterback hurries. Less than one in ten times is he hurried. Yeah. So uh, just to and he does a lot of the line of scrimmage too. You see a lot of teams where everybody looks over and the coach does it. This team, he'll do a lot of it. So he's obviously got a great feel for the game. He's got, I'm, I'm, I would imagine they give him uh, decisions to make and he makes really good decisions. So he's just playing at a very high level. Yeah, and we talked about the big guys up front and, and the team they assembled on defense. Offensively, they got some dudes too. Their, their running backs are averaging, the top three guys are averaging about 7.5 per carry. It's yeah. crazy. Bucky Irving, dual threat dude, 7.2 per carry. He also has 31 receptions. Yeah, he is an elite player. Uh, we were talking about him today, just his uh, contact balance and his strength. I don't know what he squats, but he's a very, very difficult guy to tackle. Um, you know, like real strong, stout, physical runner and does not go down. Yeah, tough dude. Tough dude to bring down. And then behind him, you've got Jordan James, who's also explosive fast, right? Has some elite yep. speed and, and, and the ability to cut there as well. Um, how hard is it when you have a team with a quarterback like Bonix, with running backs like that, they run the ball so well, they're great up front. Um, and then you've got great receivers like Troy Franklin. As a defense, how do you pick your poison? Yeah, uh, that, that's a great question. you got to make them earn it. Um, you obviously don't want to give up the explosive plays. Uh, you'd love to say we're going to go ego blitz them and sack them, but that hasn't happened. You know, they have answers for that. They get the, He gets the ball out of his hand uh, versus pressure. And so you got to pick and choose your times and find ways to get them behind the sticks, you know, and that's easier said than done. Like that's the goal every week is to get them behind the chains, but how do you do that? And so um, I think showing them different pictures, not showing them the same picture the the entire time, you got to, and then you got to win some one-on-ones, you know, whether you're in run game and or pass game, you're going to have to find a way to win some one-on-ones and uh, whether it's a first down or a third down. Finally, you're going into weather this week, likely, you know, Oregon, it's, they talk about the drought when it doesn't rain for a week up there anyway. So you know, you've got some rain coming in. Uh, how do you expect to handle that? Uh, I know that guys, as a quarterback, we used to, Mariucci bought balls one It's a great story real quick. He bought these rolling soft touch balls that were supposed to be waterproof and he would dip them in a bucket, but they were so waterproof that it felt like they had tape on them. They were so sticky. And so all the quarterbacks would throw up and go, and we'd throw it right in the ground. Like we just kept burying them. And it's the only time Mooch ever yelled at me abusively about that because he went out on the line to go get five new footballs for this game and they were awful. They were horrible. Yeah. So, but I know you, oh, you dunk balls, you do all that, but when it comes down to it, you're just playing in the rain. Like, how do you get that message across to your guys? Well, then it's, yeah, I mean, we're going to deal with the uh, weather and, you know, the, the receivers, the skill guys, if we've got wet ball mechanics going on. Um, talk about, you know, the surface, it's a really good surface up there, but we'll have a couple different pairs of cleats if needed. Um, and then you, yeah, you practice with it. You soak your hands down, and you know the quarterback obviously is right in the middle of that. So he's kind of got his own manager that's spraying his hands down between every rep. And uh, Fernando's all about it. And yeah. as you know, um, the probably the number one trait that helps with that is if you got hand size. Yeah, you know, it's you can grip the ball, and uh, he's got good size hands. So it's uh, not that it's easy, but it's probably easier than guys that have smaller hands. Yeah, and remind him that it's counterintuitive for a quarterback, right? When the ball is wet, relax your grip. Don't yeah. squeeze your grip. You squeeze it, it pops out, 
if you if you relax your grip, you just let it sit there and a little less violent in terms of your movement, you're a lot more accurate with the ball and you don't drop it. So anyway, looking forward to it this week. Looking forward to seeing you guys go up to Oregon and and to see what we can do against the Ducks. Good football team up there. It's a good measure. Uh, and at this point, you know, you guys are fighting to yeah. wins and bowl eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. We're looking forward to it. And uh, like I said, we, we played really, com- we competed really hard. We played really fast. Now we just have to play better. Appreciate the time, coach. Thank you. So let's look at the Oregon Ducks. That is head coach Justin Wilcox. Uh, a tough test this week for the Bears. Weather, top six football team looking to move up that ranking, at least maintain their position. Uh, and so they need to send a message to all the voters involved about be- you know belonging in that group. Uh, Bears have to bring their A game, period. Fernando has to bring his A game. Offensive line needs to keep Fernando clean. They need to find a way to leave him upright so he can make throws. And receivers have to be able to get off man coverage. They're going to get pressed. They're going to get challenged. And they have to win in order to give themselves a chance. In the meantime, Jay Knott coming back off of injury. You hope he's okay. Um, you hope Isaiah Ifanze is okay. We'll see. Uh, Bears are not deep. Running back or linebacker, they've had a ton of injuries. So they're going to have to figure out a way to make it happen in college football. It is next man up, and there are a lot of next men up playing right now. Anyway, that does it for me for this week. That's the Oregon preview. Uh, I do appreciate you guys watching and listening. Don't forget, you can always see, if you want to learn more about X's and O's scheme, all that stuff, you can go to my YouTube channel. Don't forget to uh, follow me there, uh, subscribe, and also on Facebook as well. I appreciate you guys watching here today. For Bear Insider, Ultimate Insider, I'm Mike Pulaski. Go Bears. (laughs) Ha 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 ha!